You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania. Now today we have Gary Webster back in the studio. He's been away for quite some time. How many weeks, Gary? Uh, Just over five weeks. Five weeks. uh, You've been over in Western Australia and we've been doing your program live from WA. Um, At times it's presented some challenges, but we we made it through just. Last week was no exception, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, it's very good to have you back in the studio and uh, it's uh, it's a bit easier when you're you're in the studio. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. (laughs) So so it is good to have you here. So uh, thanks for tuning in today and uh, I'm your host, Jason Cook, obviously. And uh, Gary, I just want to ask you a quick question here. Um, you know, we, we you know have things that we do in our spare time, and uh, I'm going to ask you first of all, number one, do you have any spare time? And if you did have any spare time, what do you like to do in your spare time? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Not a lot, but <laughs> I, I try to make some. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, uh, well, what do I like to do? Well, it depends where I am, but but many times I like walking through cemeteries. Now that sounds pretty pretty terrible, doesn't it? But I like reading tombstones. <laughs> you know, I've. Uh, I've done a trip to the UK and uh, my wife and her mother and um, and obviously uh, her husband as well went along. But uh, I went along for the journey and I wasn't really all that keen on going because I knew that most of the time they wanted to be walking through cemeteries <laughs> looking for headstones. <laughs> I like reading what's on them, I tell you. Yeah. You know, I was in, in uh, been to Gallipoli a couple of times and it's, it's really sad, actually, to read on the tombstones how young some of these fellows were, you know, the Australians and New Zealand, New Zealanders. So, but, but it's interesting. Also, you find out a lot about people when you read tombstones mm. as well. You know, you, you know, some of their beliefs come through as well. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it, you know, when you read a, head, uh, a tombstone or a headstone, you, know, you just start to think about the life that they, that they lived. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny one. My dad. My dad was a joker. He loved the Lord, but he loved to have a joke as well. You know, on and, and his tombstone, you know, there's, the, there's the, the important things about, you know, waiting for the resurrection. But, but on his tombstone, it's got, I told you I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother thought that would be a great one. Dad would love that. He surely would. He'd think that was just it. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Go. I guess that's not for everybody, is it? <laughs> no. Now, just before we get into our topic today, I just want to remind our listeners, our show number, our Tassie Encounters number is 0488 Write that down, save it in your phone or put it on the fridge, wherever you want to put it. It's 0488 And uh, later in the program, we'll have a free book offer that uh, you can take advantage of. And we might uh, ask you a question or two. We'd love to hear from you today. Now, Gary, Life After Death, I think, is our program title mm. today. What happens? And, la- and last week we looked at Tutankhamun's treasures and journey to eternity. How to have eternal life. That yeah. was that one. Yeah. So this time we're looking at, so what happens after we die? Where do, what, what happens then? remember hearing a, an interesting story about the... Um, writer of one of the translations of the Bible, J.B. Phillips. You might have even seen his translation, Jason. I've got a copy in my my library. J.B. Phillips was sitting in his home one day when suddenly there in front of him appeared C.S. Lewis, the great Christian philosopher. Now, the problem was C.S. Lewis had been dead for some time, but suddenly he appears there in his home. C.S. Uh, J.B. Phillips got quite a shock, so he rang a friend and friend says, oh, J.B., this sort of thing is happening all the time. 
Now, when you think of it, Jason, ghosts, mm. the dead, can they contact the living? And I guess we've got other questions then that flow on from that. But what about out-of-body experiences? What's going on there? Maybe even uh, haunted houses. What, what's, what's happening there? Do people come and haunt the house? And Yeah, it's interesting questions mm. that, that, that come out of this topic, isn't it? Mm. I, I remember hearing of a, a, a tombstone in Virginia in the United States of America. On the tombstone, it's got these words, Stop, my friend, as you go by. As I am now dead, a lot. Sorry, as I am now, that's dead. So, let me start this again, Jason. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is how it goes. Stop, my friend, as you go by. As you are now alive, so once was I. As I am now dead, you soon shall be. So prepare yourself to follow me. Good words, aren't they? Mm. Some, some young fellow had seen these words, and he wrote underneath, "To follow you, I am not content until I know." just where you went. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, well, where do? What happens to people at death? I guess there's many ideas. Many people believe that, you know, if you've been bad, you're going to go to the hot place mm. um, or you'll go straight to heaven. Of course, there's many people in the East and the Western civilizations today who believe in, in a recycling of the soul, the immortal soul. So it's a reincarnation. And then, of course, there are people who believe that death is like a sleep, so there's the question. Is there really life after death or is it just wishful thinking on our part? And can we really contact the dead? Can we find a hope that goes beyond the grave? Those are the sort of questions that we need to look at. And, Jason, I think in seeking to answer some of these questions, we would be well to start with Revelation because Jesus is speaking in Revelation. In fact, I'm going to get you to read it for us. We're looking at Revelation one eighteen. It says, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So what does that say to you, Jason? <laughs> it says that uh, there is life after death. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus was very positive. About it. Yeah. I, I died, I rose, mm. and I've got the keys to get you out of the box mm. if you ever go there before I return. So there is a hope beyond the grave and that's the first thing i think it's very important for us to to recognize jesus has power over death and the grave that's that's good news isn't it mm. i think it'd be good for us to to go to a story in the bible that's many people have heard about john chapter 11 we begin jesus is doing what jesus did best healing people's broken bodies and mending lives and as people thronged about him when, a, when a, a messenger bursts through the crowd with a, a simple message, your friend Lazarus is sick. Now, of course, Lazarus was a, a real great friend of Jesus. He, Jesus often stayed at their home in Bethany. He had two sisters, Martha and Mary, and it was a place where Jesus could sort of relax and not be hounded by people who were trying to trip him up, the Pharisees and, and so on, who were always on his case. And this is a great place to just relax with some friends who had the same sort of uh, beliefs and ideas that he had. So I wonder if you could read for us uh, something interesting. If we, if we actually think about that question, your friend Lazarus is sick, mm. what we notice is, is, I want you to read John 11 verse 5 and 6 for us. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place 
where he was. That seems a bit strange. It doesn't. I'm glad he put those first <laughs> words. Now, Jesus loved yeah. Martha and her sister and Lazarus because it didn't seem like he did right there, did he? He stays there two days. He says, well, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Exactly. That's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, he didn't come. And, and I, the way that messenger came, they expected him to come straight away. I mean, this is his close friend. And you know, Bethany is not that far from where Jesus was. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, he, uh, you know, Jason, when you think about that, it's sometimes hard to understand the ways of God, isn't it? Mm. He doesn't quite work according to our agendas many times, mm. you know. We've got a loved one who's sick and he, he doesn't heal them, they die. and it doesn't work the way we expect. No, exactly. And, and what I find uh, encouraging when you think of that, because I guess that happens to us all, mm. is the words of Paul in Romans eight twenty eight, where he says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Not all, good, not all things are good, but no. God can bring good out of the bad stuff. So mm. I guess this was what something Martha and Mary had to trust the Lord, you know, uh, but anyway, he didn't come. He didn't show up on time, and four days too late, he turns up in Bethany, and of course Lazarus is dead. Mm. When um, when uh, Mary meets Jesus, she comes out to where Jesus is. Um, the Bible says Jesus wept. Mm. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it says a powerful lot, doesn't it? You know, there may be some of our listeners, Jason. I know I've lost my mom, and you know people have lost a loved one, and. I think the comforting words here are that God weeps with us. Mm. He understands our tears. He, he, he gets it. He's but no stranger to suffering himself. And so Jesus wept. He, um, I love those words. Now, uh, I want you to read for us what Martha says when she meets Jesus. John eleven twenty one. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What do you reckon she's saying to Jesus there, Jason? She's saying, you didn't do what I wanted you to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't come. <laughs> you didn't come. Yeah. And, 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 and she's actually, in a sense, blaming Jesus here. Mm. If you had come, this would not have happened. Mm. And ha- you know when we go through the grief process, everybody goes through the grief process when they lose a loved one. Mm. There are a number of stages, but one of them is blame. Mm. You know, we blame ourselves. Why didn't I tell my husband to go to the doctor earlier and he would have got diagnosed and he wouldn't have died of, you know, leukemia? Why didn't I take the hand of my little child and lead them across and my child would be alive today? We blame ourselves. But part of it, we blame God. Mm. Why, why, God, did you let my husband die? Why, God, did you, you know, why, why? We usually end up sometime blaming God as if he's responsible. Mm. But what what I love about this, Jason, is 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 God understands. He doesn't get angry with us, grumpy with us because we, we blame him because mm. he's no stranger to grief and the whole process. So read how Jesus responds to, to Martha when she sort of blames him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? (laughs) I'm sure if I was Martha, I'd say, 
believe I believe in Jesus, but I don't get it. Mm. Lazarus believed in you, and he's dead. What do you mean, if you believe in me, you'll never die? Mm. Never die? Listen, I think probably we better pick up that. That That's an interesting comment. We'll pick that up after our song, I reckon. Yeah, but before well, the song, by the way, Jason, we've got, a, we've got an incredible book on this subject that we'll mention a little later on. It's a fantastic free offer. Yeah, we'll give you a bit more detail about that. But uh, just as, as we go to this break, I want you to have a think about this question. What have you found most comforting when you've lost a loved one? And uh, obviously we're talking about Lazarus here, mm. uh, Martha and Mary, they were upset. But uh, what have you found most comforting when you've lost a loved one? Text us in on 0488 This is In God's Perfect Time. Isaac proved nothing is impossible. Martha wept by the tomb of Lazarus. Oh, but death lost when life spoke a miracle. In God's perfect time, He's never been late. His plan for your can always trust when the moment is right the answer will come in God's perfect time sometimes between your prayers and God's answers faith can be so hard to hold on to and with every passing day doubt whispers oh but don't give up cause God is gonna move in God's perfect time he's never been late his plan for your life is worth
you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now, before we went to the break, uh, we did mention we're going to have a book offer today. Gary, do you want to just tell us the title of that? We'll give you yeah, a bit more the, information later, but the title. Yeah, it's called Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell by Sean Boonstra. Terrific, terrific presenter, and uh, people will really enjoy this book. Yeah, okay. We'll give you more information about that and the code to get that. Um, somebody's texted in over the break. Uh, David has texted in that uh, he he felt... Uh, the question was that uh, what have you found most comforting when you've lost a loved one? And he felt uh, comforted by the fact that his uncle was covered in Jesus' righteousness and his destination is eternity with him. Good, 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 good answer. Yeah, good answer. Good. Thanks, David. And uh, I, if, if I'm right, I think you're from Western Australia. I can't remember, but uh, we'll look that up later. Thanks for listening, and thanks for responding to our question. Now, before the break, Gary, we uh, were going to ask that question, or Jesus um, made a statement. Made a statement that you'll never die if you believe in Him. So, how can that be? Yeah. So, you know, you can understand, Martha. What do you mean, Jesus? Never die, and if you believe in you, and yet my brother Lazarus believed, and and he's dead. Well, we need to go back four days earlier when. Um, Jesus met that messenger with the question or the, the statement, your friend Lazarus is sick, meaning come straight away. Mm. Notice what Jesus said in John eleven eleven to 14. You ought to read that for us, Jason. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> ah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Jesus calls death asleep. Yeah. So when he says you'll never die, he means, well, you might sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you might sleep. And they thought he re- literally meant just yeah. you know, having a Death. snooze. Yeah, they thought he meant having a snooze. By the way, don't ever go to hospital if you want to sleep. <laughs> no, it's a terrible place. I've, I've spent uh, w- one night in a in a shared room in hospital. Oh, it was the worst night of my life. <laughs> Actually, I, I was there just before I went to, to Perth and Boy, they're great. They were great in you know looking after. I had the appendicitis thing, but I did notice that you know you've got to get your blood pressure taken and so yeah. on. And so. Well, they do a great job, but yeah, they just wake joking. You up all the time. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Death is called asleep. <laughs> mm. So. Uh, I think other texts, you know, in the Bible also talk about, Paul talked about death as like a sleep. Not mm. it was a sleep, but death is like a sleep, you see. In fact, in the book of, uh, of Ecclesiastes, it says, for the living know uh, what, that they will die. We know that. Mm. Our pulse is the funeral march to the tomb. The moment we're born, we begin to die. It's one of those certainties. <laughs> it's one of those certainties. So why, why, do, why does the Bible call death a sleep or liken it to a sleep? Here's the answer. The living know that they will die. But the dead know nothing, mm. and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. This is Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6. And Job goes on to say, if a man dies, his sons come to honor, and he doesn't know it. And they are brought low. In other words, they have trouble in their life, and he doesn't perceive it. So this is why the Bible likens death to a sleep, the dead uh, know nothing. That's Job 14, verse 14 and 21, by the way. So there are a lot of people who um, believe and, and talk about, and particularly at funerals, that uh, when people die, they go to be with Jesus. You know, that's a common saying. Isn't mm. it? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question. So don't our loved ones go to heaven? Well, there's some interesting texts in the Bible that seem to 
seem to challenge that that idea. Psalm 115, verse 17. Why don't you read that for us, Jason? Psalm 115, 17. It says, The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. Now, that's interesting because mm-hmm. oftentimes, I remember when I was a kid, you were sort of told that, you know, people would say that you go to heaven and honor cloud and play a harp and praise God. And that's the idea, isn't it? But yet mm. the Bible says the dead praise not the Lord. Mm. In fact, Peter says something very interesting in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost back in Acts. Um, Acts chapter 2 verse 29. Maybe you could read this one for us, Jason. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. So he's talking about King David and says, listen, he, his tomb's right here today. He, he died and he was buried. By the way, when I take tours to Jerusalem, I usually take people to see the tomb of David. You can see it there in the, in, in the city of Jerusalem. But notice what Peter goes on to say after he said, you know, his tomb is here, he's buried, and, he's, and you know, his tomb's here today. He says, David did not ascend into the heavens. And that's just a few verses later. Yeah, verse yeah, uh, 34. 34. So yet, I mean, I mean, we know David did some bad things, don't we? You know, yeah. I mean, he committed adultery and murdered the, the husband of that woman. But he did ask for forgiveness, Psalm you know, 51, and in the book of Hebrews, he's, it indicates that he's going to be one of those people that you know has the forever home. So God forgave him, but he hasn't yet gone to heaven, says Peter, mm. into the heavens. So I think what Job says is, is very true. In verse 12 of chapter 14, it says, So man lies down in death and does not rise. Till the heavens are no more, they will not awake, nor be roused from their sleep. sleep. Mm. So there is that sleep thing again. Well, I guess a good question in my mind would be... When do they wake up if they're sleeping? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good one, yeah. So so if they're asleep, do or when do they wake up? Well, Mm. we need to go to the, the book of Thessalonians. Paul came to the city of Thessalonica and... Let me just give you a bit of background here. The, the, he was only there three weekends because they ran him out of town before you know, the fourth weekend. So he wasn't there very long. And evidently they misunderstood the idea of you know, who would have eternal life. It seems from reading of the, the book of Thessalonians that they thought only the living would, uh, would have eternal life. Mm. You had to be alive when Jesus returned the second time. Mm. So you can imagine, Jason, if you've got a, you've got a child that's sick and you know, it looks like he's, he's in danger of dying, you'd want to keep him alive, stay, now help him to stay alive till Jesus comes. But, of course, they died. Mm. They'd be shattered because mm. death is like a black hole to them. No, nothing after, only the living. So he writes a beautiful pastoral letter to them to encourage them. Notice what he says. Uh, in fact, I'll read this myself, this one. He says in verse 13, I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning those who have fallen asleep, who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We can sorrow, but we don't have to do it without hope, says Paul. Mm. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ, those who have put their trust in Jesus and have died, the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, when's that going to be? Well, it's at the trumpet call, he says. That's Mm. when they'll meet the Lord. Notice what he says. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, here's a good point, Jason. If a person goes straight to heaven at death, like is so on often taught, they would meet the Lord, wouldn't they? 
immediately. They'd, they'd, immediately. they'd meet them exactly. right there and then. Yeah. But Paul says, no, hang on. We meet the Lord in the air at his coming. Mm. See, he raises the dead to life at his coming because he's the resurrection and the life. Mm. And then we meet them because he goes on to say, we who are alive, the ones who are alive when Jesus comes, we rise up to meet them in the air. And so from then on in this way, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Mm. What do you notice are the words of comfort here? The words about what? I guess that we will meet him. When? Um at the trumpet call. Exactly. Yeah. It's the, the 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 comfort point, Paul says, is comfort people, comfort one another with the fact that Jesus is coming again and that's when we meet him and that's when we'll meet together. Mm-hmm. So he's, he points them in the direction of the return of Jesus when there's resurrection. What a fantastic, what a fantastic picture. You know, Jason, I once had a dear friend uh, when I was a pastor of one of our churches and... Uh, he was a, an elder of mine, and he just dropped dead of a heart attack in his shop. Mm. And, uh, of course, his wife was shattered. I mean, that was... A tr- well, you know, time begins to heal. And I was visiting her in her home and uh, some months later, and she said, you know, Pastor, she said, the church members were wonderful. They, they supported me and strengthened me. But she said, you know what? The greatest comfort I found were the words of the Apostle Paul about what we've just read. The Lord is coming. He'll come down. He'll raise. She says, I know I'll see my husband again because he put his trust in Jesus. She said, that was the greatest comfort of the resurrection day when Jesus is going to come again. But um, we're going to go to break in a moment. Yeah, but I think we, 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 yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, just after the break, we're going to come back and look at the topic of the immortal soul. Well, is, well, is the soul immortal? Yeah, well, we'd need to, wouldn't we? Because mm. this this idea of the of immortality goes with this thing. Is the soul immortal? That's a good question. Let, we'll pick mm. that up after the song. And I liked uh, your story there that it, it connects very well with this um, song that we're about to listen to. It's titled "It Could Happen in a Moment," and uh, the song's really talking about Jesus' second coming. Yeah. But you know, our life can also end in a moment. You know, yeah. we, we can't predict we when it's going to happen. And uh, so, yeah, we need to be ready. So here is uh, It Could Happen in a Moment by Summer Brook and Mountain Faith. It could happen in a moment feel unworthy yet how happy we will be when the Savior comes from heaven when his blessed face we'll see I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound what a time we'll have together when the saints will leave the ground 
by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're discussing the topic today, life after death. What happens when you die? Uh, with Gary Webster. Now, Gary, before we went to the break, we asked the question, is the soul immortal? And we're going to answer that in a moment. Just remember we asked a question earlier too. What have you found most comforting when you've lost a loved one? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488-880-891. So Gary, is the soul immortal? Yes, well, that's a belief that many people have right around the world today, no matter what, what uh, religion a person belongs to. Um, but if we go to the Bible, the soul is actually mentioned 1,600 times in the Bible, thereabouts, but never once, not once, is it ever called immortal, which is interesting, isn't it, in light of what many people believe. In fact, I want you to read a text from the Apostle Paul that tells us who actually is immortal, and that's First uh, Timothy six fifteen and 16. Now, if you could read that for us, Jason. It says, He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. What does that word potentate mean? 
uh, sort of like, as I understand, you know, the the, the great the great one, right. the big one, the one in charge, mm-hmm. the potentate. I might be wrong on that, Jason. You <laughs> asked me a good question. I'm not too sure on. That's the picture I've had. And <laughs> maybe we better look that up during yeah, the break. I might do that. <laughs> um, but I, what the, the part I wanted to notice is who alone has immortality. immortality yeah. Now, if only God, it says, there has immortality, then clearly we don't have it because mm. it says who alone has immortality, which, which, which aligns with the 1600 references that we mentioned, which none of them says man has an immortal soul. And, so, so and what, just to be clear, immortality means it never dies. You can never die, yeah. exactly. You can never mm. die. So immortality, no, not able to die. Yep. What is a soul? That would be the next question we'd have to look at then. Mm. And I think we need to go to the creation of man because when man, God made human beings, he actually actually gave us the, the manner in which he put man together, human beings. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, maybe you could read this for us, Jason, but I want you to listen carefully to, to what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust... And uh, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Okay, so you can almost see, let's, let's just try to picture this. Jesus, because he's the creator, remember it says, he's, he's got Adam on the ground, so to speak. He's mm. got hands, they're not moving, eyes, they're not hearing. He's got a brain, but it's not thinking yet until the Bible says he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, the spark of life. And he becomes mm, a, a living, living soul. soul. God mm. didn't put a soul in man. He became a soul. In other words, dust of the earth plus the breath of life from the creator. That's Jesus himself, the pre-incarnate Christ. And he becomes a living soul. So you'll notice here, a soul has to have a body mm. or it's not a soul. Mm. Because dust of the earth, elements, chemicals, plus the breath of life, that's what makes a soul. So you've got to have the two things to be a soul. In fact, the Bible clearly says that souls are not immortal. Not. I want you to read for us Ezekiel 18.4 and notice what it says. The soul who sins shall die. Which means mortal. Mm. Now, hang on. How many of us have sinned? I think most of us. <laughs> I think I, all of us. All of us except Jesus. <laughs> Everyone. The Bible says, for all have sinned, and that's why we all die. Mm. So the Bible says, the soul who sins shall die. So souls are not immortal, mm. according to the Bible, which is why some translators <laughs> put it this way, and they get, it, they get it right. The person who sins is the one who died. The person is the total. Mm. A soul is a one who has body and breath of life or energy of life from the Creator. That's what a soul is. That's today's English version. In the Living Bible, it says it is for a man's or a person's own sins that he will die. Mm. In fact, you know, what is a soul? It's the person. You're a soul, Jason. Mm. (laughs) We're all souls. You don't have a soul in you. You are a soul. And we talk about that sort of thing. If somebody's had some bad uh, fortune, yeah. we say poor souls. We do. We yeah. do. Exactly. Yeah. We, but that's the biblical concept. So, And then death, of course, is creation in reverse. I wonder if you could read Ecclesiastes 12, 7. 
says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Now, some people wonder about that spirit that returns to God who gave it. Is that, mm. is that some sort of a ghost, my immortal soul? No, it's the same word as used for back in when God made man. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life or the spirit. Yeah. In other words, this, 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 the spirit comes from this is the word that means wind or breath. Yeah. So God takes back his life force, but it doesn't think, it doesn't know, because we already read the dead know nothing at that point. So at death, the soul, the person, goes back to dust, and the spirit or the breath of life goes back to God who gave it. Now, the spirit in the Old Testament, this word ruach means breath or wind. You know, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. And the spirit and the soul, however, are different. Most people think the spirit and the soul are the same thing, don't they? Yeah. You know, there's some immortal spirit or immortal soul. Yet the Bible says God breathed breath or spirit, breath into Adam, and he became a soul. So they're clearly not the they're same two thing. Different things, yeah. He became a person. Now, the spirit and the breath, they are the same, because there's a couple of texts that shows that very clearly. I wonder if you could read for us Job 27, verse 3. This is an interesting text. It says, As long as my breath is in me, and the spirit of God is in my nostrils. Now, this is typical Hebrew writing, where they repeat the same thing in a different way. a different word. Yeah. Yes. So, as long as my breath is in me, mm. that is... The Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Now, no one thinks there's a ghost living up our nose. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> He's just saying, that's that part. God breathed breath into us, mm. into our, into our, the, the elements, and we became uh, a soul. Notice James chapter 2, verse 26 says, For as the body without the spirit or the breath is dead. Try that, Jason. Close your mouth. Hold your nose, and you'll find out that the body... <laughs> the, the, if you the do it for will, long enough, you, you'll, you'll, you'll die. Go, exactly. <laughs> so that's what the Bible is getting at. A simple illustration, I think, may, may help us get this concept, because it's, it's sadly... You know, we you know, we've, we've many many believe different than what the Bible teaches is what we're really seeing here. Let's imagine, for example, Jason, you've got a pile of boards and a bunch of nails, and I give you a hammer and I say, "Make me a box." So, what are you going to do? You're going to bang the nails into the boards, and bingo, we got ourselves a box. So it's a bit like the body. That's the boards. Uh, and the nails, that's like the breath. You, you've got a lot of trust in me, Gary. <laughs> as long as you don't hit my, hit my finger with, if I'm holding the nail. <laughs> yeah. I, I might need a plan and a saw as well. <laughs> so the but body yeah. plus the breath equals the soul. Or the wood plus the nails, you make a box. Now let's pull the box apart, okay? So we've got a box and we, we pull the nails out and we put them in one pile and we put the boards in another pile. Where's the box gone? It's gone. It's no longer a box. No, it's it, is it, is it, he's gone it's, to a place of disembodied boxes somewhere. <laughs> no, no, it's just gone it's back just, to its component it's, parts. It's, it's just gone back to its elements. Yes, mm. the spirit or the breath, the energy, the life force, and goes the, back to God who originally yeah. gave it, and back to dust. Now, here's a very important question. I think, Jason, that that uh, something that we need to consider, and that is this. Will we ever be immortal? Because the Bible mm. says only God has it, mm. and souls are mortal. They're not immortal. We mm. saw a text from the book of Ezekiel. So we want to answer that question, I reckon, when we come back after another song. 
Okay, we'll we'll do that. Will we ever be immortal? Before we go to the break, we're going to give you a bit more information about our book offer for today, Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. And this is by Sean Boonstra. Life is hard, then you die. It's the truth. No matter how cleverly we disguise death with silk-lined caskets and magnificent bouquets, we are powerless to stop the inevitable. You will die. Is that too blunt? (laughs) Well, that's the truth, isn't it? In Greek mythology, the river Styx separated the land of the living from Hades, the abode of the dead. When when death came for you, the ferryman carried you across the river to the other side. Are stories and myths of ancient civilizations enough for you when it comes to death? Or do you really want to know what will happen when you are left alone in the graveyard? So if you want to know a bit more about this topic, uh, perhaps more than we can cover in this one episode... We'll give you the code after the break and you can text us in on 0488 880 Here is Because He Lives and uh, My Redeemer Lives and Arise My Love. It's a, it's a medley of three different songs by Anthem Lights. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone because I
listening to Sassy Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, before the break, we did mention a book that we're going to now give you the code for. You can text in and get this book called Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. And the code that you've been waiting for is DIG16. That's D-I-G and the number 16, no spaces. Text that into 488 880891. That's DIG16, DIG16. Text it into 0488880891. Gary, we had another person uh, texting us during the break and a uh, lovely uh, message that came in. It's most comforting when our mother passed uh, was knowing that one day she will be in heaven. Great, great. That's a good comment. Like yeah. That. yeah. Now, before the break, we asked the question, will we be, will we ever be immortal? And mm. I believe you've got some uh, discussion about that, Gary. Yes, I, I think there's, a, there's good news there, and it comes from Paul's writings. Uh, Paul was writing to his friends in the city of Corinth in Greece, was a great metropolitan uh, city there on the, in Greece, and he wrote these words to them. He said, for the trumpet will sound. Remember the trumpet sounded which, that, mm. what event? Yep, that's the re- at the second coming. The return yeah. of Jesus, yes, yeah. that's what he talked about before. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Mm. You ought to be able to explain that word incorruptible, Jason. What do you reckon that means? It means that we won't decay. We You're won't, right. Uh, we won't break down and we won't die. Exactly, incorruptible. <laughs> so, yeah, get sick and old and mm. peter out. Pro- yeah. Probably also uh, that, that could also imply... Uh, Incorruptible in the in the context of sin as well, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, like co- encompasses a number of things. Mm. So anyway, says so the trumpet's going to sound. Jesus is going to come, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, new bodies, in other words. For this corruptible, we're all corruptible, will put on incorruption at the trumpet, in other words. And then he says, this mortal must put on immortality. Mm. Then. The, shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, if we're going to put on immortality at the return of Jesus, what does that indicate about now? We don't have it now. <laughs> exactly, because we don't, uh, clearly we don't, and that agrees with what we said earlier. Only mm. God is immortal. We put on immortality at his return, not before. Mm. So, so, yeah, yeah so go ahead. how did this concept of the immortal soul come about? Okay, good question. So it's clearly not in the Bible. Not once does it mention the idea of the immortal soul, never never calls it that. And we've just seen we put on immortality when Jesus returns the second time, so it's future. So good question, Jason. How did this idea enter Christianity? Well, I think it's summed up best by Tertullian. He was an early church father. Now, the church fathers lived after the New Testament was finished. This guy, Tertullian, lives 160 to 225 AD. So he's well after John's finished his revelation. Mm. He says these words in the Anti-Nicene Fathers, volume 3, page 202. He says, I use the opinion of Plato when he declares every soul is immortal. Now, hang on a bit here. Who's Plato? So I'm guessing Plato was Greek. Yes, he's a Greek philosopher, mm. not a Christian, not mm. a believer. He's a, he, he was a pagan philosopher, we call it. 
So he he's getting so Tertullian, a, a Christian, says, "I get the idea from Plato, who declares every soul is immortal." Now, what did Plato basically believe? The body was like a house, mm. and when when you die, the house crumbles. And out flies the soul, the immortal soul. It goes off somewhere else. Mm. So, so Tertullian says, I get this idea of the immortal soul from Plato, not mm. from the Bible, which we've clearly seen is not taught by the Bible. Now, the Romans taught this idea of the immortal soul, as did the Babylonians. They believed in ancestor worship. You can see an ancestral worship column in uh, in one of the museums. So they, they certainly believed in the immortal soul. The Greeks, I mean the Egyptians I should say, they were big into it. Remember we talked about them last week. I mean when I go to um, to uh, on take tours, Jason, I and we take people to Egypt, I always take them of course to the pyramids. They want to see the pyramids. But right beside the Great Pyramid, there's a big, big hole, a long hole. What was the hole all about? Well, they found in there one of these boats for the afterlife the pharaoh was going to put it together and he's going to sail it into the into the afterlife his immortal soul or his his spirit they call it the bar and the car the egyptians the soul and the spirit so they believed in the immortal soul in fact jason almost everybody around the world who who has a belief in the afterlife believes in the immortal soul except the bible doesn't teach that it teaches that we are mortal and we put on immortality at the second coming so where then did this idea of the immortal soul really come from? Well, we have it in Scripture, actually. Um, remember, into the Garden of Eden comes the talking snake, right? Eve is at the tree and the snake comes. I want mm. you to read, first of all, what does God say? Genesis two sixteen and 7. And you read what God said. It says, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God says, Adam and Eve, if you you disobey, there's a consequence, you will die. Mm. Then the snake says in verse 4, what? Read this one. You shall not surely die. So he directly contradicts God. He says, you will not surely die. And that lie has been continuing ever since. You don't really die at death. Something survives you. Something goes on that maybe you can contact. Something goes on after death. You don't really die. Not really. Mm. Something survives. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? But this is where this really came from. Now, the question is, why this global lie? Because whether you're... All, most religions in the world today, I'm talking about non-Christian and Christian religions, all have the idea of an immortal soul. Mm. Where did it come from and why? Well, global deception we learned in a previous program for global destruction. The devil t- tells the untruth because ultimately truth will set us free, but error will lead us down the wrong path. He's, he's a, a liar and a murderer, Jesus said. He only twists the truth for one reason to take people down to eternal loss. So what are we going to do with out-of-body experiences? Some of our listeners may have even had one of those, Jason. What are we going to do with, uh, you know, things like contacting the dead and haunted houses? We're going to pick those up next week when we when we come back because we need to answer those questions. But we've, we've laid a platform in this presentation that as far as the Bible is concerned, we really need to think seriously about 
what has been uh, has been told to us that when you die you go to heaven and you're you're very much alive though it's not good quality <laughs> but you something survives death but mm. the bible says no the dead know nothing uh, or you go to heaven uh, your immortal soul but the bible says no the dead don't praise the lord we sleep till jesus comes and then we get immortality so what are we going to do with these ideas that people have mm. and experiences they may have we need to answer those questions next week mm. Well, that's been fascinating and, uh, you know, it's really interesting to actually read those texts that really clearly state that... Uh, Very clear. ...that uh, when we die, it's it's like a sleep. Yeah, it's like a sleep. <laughs> it's exactly. like a sleep, that uh, we know nothing uh, until we will be hopefully raised again if we've had uh, that trust Jesus. and belief in Jesus. Yeah, that yeah. justification that David Edgar mentioned. Yeah. Now, do remember our book offer today. That was Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. Uh, the text, uh, the code for that to text in is DIG number 16, and you can text that into 0488 880891. So, Gary, next week, uh, what's the title of your program next well, week? Well, we continue, but it's called Ghosts, Life After Death. We're going to talk about some of that next week and then we're going to actually also move into uh, straight after that we'll continue next week we're going to start to talk about the topic the assassination of god and this is the hell to hell and back because this topic of hell is connected to this topic Mm. so we're going to talk about the assassination of god what's that all about we'll find out next week so a lot of a lot of uh different um, understandings about what hell is all about and yeah. what death is all about and what happens. And yeah, exactly. So it's, it's good to get some certainty around these uh, topics. So and very connected with today's topic. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, look forward to covering those. Uh, tomorrow we've got Raiko Celic on his program 3MJ. He's going to be studying the wise and foolish virgins. Um, now, Gary, just to, uh, I guess, to... Uh, sum up today, number one for me, it's good to have you back in the studio. Great to be here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's much easier when you're here. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I really appreciated this study. And we'll just remind our listeners, you can text in any time, even after the program, you can text in dig at number 16 to get the book, Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of death and hell and if you've got any other questions or queries you can text in that number anytime we do monitor it and we can get back to you with answers to questions that you may have and this this particular topic might be one that uh, you've got some questions jason the important takeaway is the resurrection day there is life after death there is we're going to go out with this song i love that will not let me go this is indelible grace have a good day and we'll catch you tomorrow 